I'm Coach Seb, and this is Running New Mexico. All right, joining me today, I have Alicia Koniacek. She is a Polish runner uh, training out of Albuquerque. She just ran, well, not just ran, but she ran in the European Championships recently. She was in the Olympics last year. Uh, she runs primarily the steeplechase, but dabbles in a little bit of everything and has um, currently working with Jackrabbit Race Management and sponsored by On. So thanks for joining me today. Hi, I'm happy to be here. Awesome. I'm, I'm glad we, we're making this happen. I've been kind of following you for a while and, and it's it's pretty cool to to see people of like your caliber who are here in Albuquerque and training and enjoying the the altitude and, and everything else that, that is to offer here. That's right. Yeah, Albuquerque is a great place to train and I moved here and kind of stayed in the country to continue my running career and Albuquerque seemed like the, the perfect spot for everything. So here I am. <laughs> That's awesome. And I, and I want to get more into kind of how you ended up in Albuquerque, but I, I think I want to start with like, how did you get in running in the first place? Okay. So it wasn't like pretty straightforward. Actually, I hated running when I was little, <laughs> um, but I like the, the, the awards behind the scenes. So what happened was when I was in elementary school, our my siblings and I, we always joined every single extracurricular activity that the school offered. So it was, we, we played every single sport possible. Uh, we, we, we were on every single place there. Uh, everybody knew us. So we were really, really active kids. And then uh, we got a new PE teacher and he started taking us to different competitions, like a local, small, like 500 meters, 600 meter races uh, around different schools. And so I started getting there pretty high places, uh, third, fourth. I was never winning. I was up there, uh, up there, but yes, for sure. Uh, I never like kind of, I never won, but then eventually when I did win, I got a bike and it was such a good excitement that I was like, this is awesome. And then my sister won a bike. I won a bike and my brother got, uh, got a bike. So we had to call friends to come pick us up because we can <laughs> pack, uh, pack in the car. So. It was kind of like that. It was kind of just like a journey from race to race and just kind of going in, collecting those medals and everybody had their own like wall full of medals. And we were like kind of comparing and competing who was going to have more. And my brother is older, so he obviously had more. <laughs> and then my sister was like easily winning because she's super talented. She's a really, really talented runner. So she was like always winning. And I was like the third, fourth runner. And then eventually you start going to higher level meets and then I wasn't top three anymore. I was fourth, fifth. And I was like, I don't like that. So I was like, okay, what do I need to do to get that uh, to get taken care of? So my brother joined a local club and I just follow his steps. And we both were kind of hitchhiking and taking the buses uh, 30 minutes away to go to the club. And I was just kind of training, but not really like. I still didn't like it. It was hard, you know, and the winters in Poland are so rough and the sun goes down at 4 p.m. And then I come from school, it was 3 to 4 p.m. and I have to go run in the woods. I was scared, you know, 
So it took a while to actually start training for real. But I believe uh, I was like 14 to 15 years old. I went for my first sports camp, which was they take us to like a Baltic Sea. So it's kind of like a cool vacation spot. And we do a little bit of running, a little bit of beach, a little bit of volleyball. So that's how I kind of got into the community of running, which I really, really loved. All these people became my friends and everybody was super fun. And then it just kind of continued to do that through high school. And I moved, I lived in a high school with dorms to have a better chance of training and recovering better because the 30 minute drive, it sounds a little, but taking buses and then it didn't go exactly to my, my little village. It was another three miles. So we had to either walk it or hitchhike. So it was just more convenient to stay in the dorm room. So that's how I was like fully time, fully training when I was there in my high school with my coach. And then I made the Polish national team in the steeplechase for the world championships in 2011. And, you know, it kind of throws you how far behind I was, uh, but it didn't, uh, it didn't disappoint me. It motivated me. So I kind of continued to do that. And then um, some coaches from United States have been reaching out to me on Facebook. If I'd like to join their school, I'm like, huh, they want me. That's kind of cool. So I was excited. But then it was like Mississippi and some schools that like, they were in like great locations. And then, um, so my brother, again, I follow his footsteps. He ended up going to U.S. first. He went to Arkansas and then he didn't like it. It's like a very, very strict Catholic school. And he's like a party guy. And <laughs> so this was a huge change for him. That's not what he expected out of America, you know. So he transferred to Colorado while I went to Colorado. So we kind of came as a package in 2014. So I joined a small D2 school because I really want to go up high in the mountains because I always had problems with anemia. And I'm like, all the best Kenyans and all the best athletes are traveling to train high up. I can just live there and be there for free because I got a full ride. So that's how it started uh, in the United States. Yeah. Wow. And that was uh, Western Colorado, right? That's right. Western Colorado University. That is a, um, I mean... You, like you said, you talk about altitude and there is definitely altitude there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't know, know exactly what I signed up for because my brother went there in the summer. He's like, oh, my God, the coach is amazing. The track is amazing. They have a new indoor field. It's like such a fun place to be. I'm like, that sounds good. So let's go. So I went there and then it turns out the winter is so long and it's so it's crazy. It's like really extreme conditions. Yeah, but uh, made me tougher uh, for sure. And the seven thousand seven hundred feet wasn't easy. It never got easy. Uh, I was never able to like race actually really really fast. When I broke five and a mile up there, I was like, <laughs> oh my god, I'm the best shape of my life. And there was seventeen <laughs> seconds conversion for a mile up there, which just shows wow. how how extreme you know that altitude is. And uh, yeah, that's how my Colorado trip started. And I kind of kind of been in US since. That's amazing. And, and just, you know, in Western Colorado is also in that, that RMAC conference with Adam State, which is, you know, you're, you're going up against the, the top in, in D2 all the time, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> yes, yes. Adam State, Mines. Mines, uh, they're, yeah. They're really good in, the, our, in our conference. And I wasn't even that good. Like the first two, three years, it really took out of me like 
I've gained weight, the GMO food, you know, was kind of hitting me hard and the altitude and then the environmental change, the, the coaching, the training was so different. You know, I was actually running a lot, but slow and it wasn't paying off. And then finally, when I figured out my health and I came back earlier in the summer one year to just run distance to adjust. And then since then, I, I was actually crushing it and I won nine NCAA titles for Western and made like a history so that was pretty cool and it just kind of kept me going kept me motivating and then two years later my sister came so we were all three of us all my siblings we were all in garrison for one semester and then my brother left and then i when i graduated my sister transferred to oregon because she didn't want to be alone and oregon had like a polish girl and it was just a the next level you know training and she was getting really good so well, that's amazing. I, I had I had seen that she had trained in Oregon. I didn't even realize that your brother had gone to Western as well. So that's pretty amazing that you were all able to come over and be in the same space, even for a little bit at, at that level. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we were definitely supporting each other. You know, it wasn't always easy. We would argue all the time as well. That's <laughs> who we are. And we always express our opinions, but we made it work. And we really did push each other and motivated through runs. Like I'll come back in the summers between like all the NCAA seasons. I was so worn out, but my sister had season in Poland. So I would pace her and help her. And then my brother wanted to continue training to run the Polish championship. So I'll bike with him. So we constantly supported each other and even now like my brother doesn't run anymore he'll come up and like sometimes you just jump in my workouts oh, i can tell he's dying like very it's very hard for him but he he, he gets it done and my sister um we like barely run the same workouts because i'm more like an endurance runner she's more like faster stuff but we do warm up together we cool down together and on the track we cannot at the same time but never doing workouts together uh, we're both really competitive, so I don't know if that will go really well, but I'm convincing her to come to Albuquerque for six weeks this later this year, so I'm pretty sure she will, and I will have someone to train here uh, and then keep her closer, you know, because she's all the way back in Poland. She came back. Well, that's awesome. That would be cool to, to for you to be able to kind of show her around Albuquerque and the spots that you're running in. And, um... that's right. Yeah, she came here in March. She liked it. Uh, but yeah, like winters in Poland are still a little rough. With the global warming, they are like softer now, but still, you know, like cloudy and muddy. So not not much snow, but it's definitely like rough for training. That's why all the Polish people, they le- leave either to Portugal or Spain or uh, Republic of South Africa. And I'm actually trying to bring them to Albuquerque, which I convinced many people already. So I'm hoping to, to get that going. That's awesome. I, I mean, again, I, it's... It's amazing, you know. Everybody talks about Flagstaff, of course, and 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 Boulder when they talk about you know the altitude and everything. But I I think Albuquerque has just as much to offer. Oh yeah, even more. I I lived in Boulder for uh, for some time. Honestly, I was ne- I never felt like comfortable there. It's a different population, different lifestyle, and. Here, I, it, like, it feels right. Like, it feels good, and I'm confident, and I I like it here, for sure. And then it's, I think I get better support with running here. Like, I'm part of the Duke's Track Club, so I go on long runs with them. Sometimes the boys will help me pay some workouts, and then I'm running with Ben. 
from the Jackrabbit and he's like pushing me through some workouts as well. But there it was kind of like, I was part of the own athletics club, but besides that, I was like kind of on my own. And yeah, here I'm also like pursuing different dreams, not just running. Cause I think having one identity is really, really dangerous. That's why I'm trying to develop different passions, different hobbies, jobs, projects to kind of get ready for post running career, not to be like shocked one day, you know, where <laughs> I've seen a lot of people do that. One day they wake up and they're done running and they're like, what do I do? You know, they lost themselves. So I don't want to be that. So I just like kind of work on projects in my free time and, and get involved. That's great. And I think that's a good idea because so many people, I think even, you know, even just that transition when if you stop running in high school and, and not in college or a college ends it, like whenever your end in running is, there's so many people who are just like, well, I was a runner, but I'm not now. So what, what am I? Who am I? And so I think that's smart to, to, to make sure that you are, you know, keeping other interests alive so that you, you are ready for when that time comes, hopefully not for a while. <laughs> exactly. And I think it's even harder if you're going from professional running career, which was your whole life, because in college, you still had classes, you still had the team, you had still like fun, but in professional, it's like everything you put or your life is lined up for your training. And then that goes away. What do you do with your life? So I think in the professional, it's a little bit more tricky and a little bit more dangerous. And people really do love the, like we don't get much experience. Like I believe runners, professional runners, they don't have that because they don't work, right? Like very, very few people work. So then they don't have experience. Their resume is kind of empty. And then you're trying to get into workforce and like it's only probably connections that you made through running. But to get, you got to start low and like, you know, kind of climb up and it's hard because they have they have such a high um i don't know they're like they're really hard workers and obviously they're committed and they want to do that for company but they they really start at the bottom and it's just it's just rough and i've seen many people so that's why i'm kind of like i don't want i don't want to be that i like i said i think i think you're absolutely right and that's probably <laughs> it's a good idea and so i'm glad to hear you you know taking that on and maybe some other people will you know, think of that as well. You know, it's, it's not all tied up in, in one thing there, you know, we're, we're multifaceted people, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And you as a coach, you also can yeah. see that probably, yeah, what happens when somebody, you know, gets injured and they put whole life into that and then what? Right, exactly. So I want to jump back a little bit, you know, we talked steeples kind of your main thing. Uh, how did you, how did you get into steeplechase? How did you find out like that was, you know, what you were, I don't know if best suited is the right word, but that's what you ended up liking. Yeah. So at the beginning, when I joined uh, the club where my high school was, every runner was doing steeplechase there because it was the easiest to make points for the club and the points <laughs> uh, turned into money that the, pl the club had to invest in us, the running shoes spikes. So everybody was doing steeple and it was 2K back then when I was young. So I was just doing 2K steeple like everybody else. And then I started running that pretty fast because I wasn't scared because I think in the steeple, there's this tricky thing where if you're scared, well, it's kind of, it's not for you. Like you just <laughs> got to be mobile. You got to be coordinated. You got to be like, okay, if somebody like messes your stride or pushes you, like it's okay. Like calm down. It's okay. Or I come to every stable race. I'm like, I might fall today, but guess what? I'm going to get up and continue running. Like 
you can't also get surprised when you fall because then it's just like a, you know, like a dominoes. Everything goes down and you just get really, really disappointed. So, um, yeah, that's why I did Steve because like we had to, everybody did. And then I became some, somehow good in it. And I guess just like maybe the background of all the sports I had before, uh, from my elementary school, which we did all the sports, you know, and like, I was never like racing with girls. I was like with the boys, like I wasn't scared to be with them. They were mad when I passed them, <laughs> but you know, it, it was part of the deal. Uh, and then Steeple just kind of. Then I jumped into 3K in my first race. I ran 10.23, which was qualifier for European Championships for juniors. And I'm like, it's pretty good, I think. Oh, it was the hardest the hardest race of my life by then. <laughs> and I was like, I need to do it again. And then you kind of like, I think with the strength over the years, it's, you just become better over them. And then I don't even do that much workouts over the barriers or hurdles. Uh, like Kenyans, they don't do that either, you know, they don't have that. And it's just the strength and being mobile and healthy and coordinated. I think it's the key. And I, I hate that from the early years. So that's why. Oh, that's funny. You mentioned that because I was going to ask, like, how do you how do you kind of uh, train for not only the distance and the speed, but but the hurdles? But you, you don't do a whole lot of hurdle. OK, yeah, I was going to ask you about. Uh, how you manage to train for not only the speed endurance, but also, you know, going over the barriers and the hurdles. Yeah, so the training is quite similar. Uh, I don't do much hurdles or barrier work. Uh, and I have seen people that do like tempo runs over the hurdles. I'm like, that's intense. You really are kind of risking injuries right there because it's a lot of jumping, a lot of force, a lot of pounding. So I believe I do. I did like maybe one or two water uh, jumps this year before my season uh, as a training. So I asked coach from UNM to fill up the water pad and, and they let me use it. So I did that. But I'm like so confident about this stuff that I don't need to kind of train over the barriers. I'm like, it's like kind of, it helps me to know that I'm like okay with it. So then I don't have to train like crazy. But if I was bad, I'd probably have to run more. And then, so how to keep up... Um, at the steeplechase without the work, it's like we adding hills, uh, hill sprints at the end of long workouts. So for example, like your legs are so tired and the lactate is there and energy depleted. And then you kind of have to go and like four to six, sometimes eight, like 30 seconds hills. Oh my God. It's like seriously hard and I'm not even going that fast, but like just lifting those legs up and like firing those glutes, you know, and kind of keep that momentum going helps helps a lot to, to be strong and lift those legs at the last 600 meters in the steeplechase because anybody can get to 2,400 meters and the last 600 meters is like where, where, where things happen actually. So that helps me uh, be able to lift those legs up and jump over things uh, in the steeple. And I also do a lot of uh, drills, like dynamic drills, walking drills, some mobility. After every single run, actually, I do some, some walking drills and hops and such. So I, I try to be springy to have that bouncy feeling on my race. And then, yeah, I mean, after running 70 to 80 miles per week, when I taper, you know, it's just, you just want to jump over things. It, it's <laughs> <laughs> that is a great way to put that. <laughs> That's right. You have so much energy left over when you taper, you're just springing over everything. Yeah. I mean, taper for me, it's like super important. Like, 
I sometimes even if I have like a little pain for two, three days, I like barely run. Then I'm like on it. Like I'm really killing it. So it's kind of, kind of funny, but yeah. Well, that's fantastic. <laughs> so, um, after you graduated from Western, you ended up coming down to UNM as a, as an assistant coach for a little while, right? Yeah. So yeah, my ex-partner, he was uh, going to UNM law school here. And so we kind of moved together here to pursue his career. And I'm like, how am I going to continue my career? So it seemed like the best way to be involved with the UNM and coach James Butler. Uh, he was my coach back then before he got really sick. Uh, and passed away but so I was like coached by him and was kind of helping the team and I was volunteer assistant coach I would bike with the girls and run sometimes and I did that for a little bit and then uh, COVID hit that spring and just kind of I moved back to Colorado because uh, it was just cheaper to to live there with my ex-parents and, uh, and then I got an offer to join the on athletics club in Boulder so I was like, yeah, I was kind of sick of training alone at the end of that spring. And then I'm like, yes, I'll do anything to be with people. And Coach Dayton Ritzenheim was involved. And I'm like, if you know, you're under such a big name. Right. You, you can't pass that opportunity. So I went and I was there for, for two years. And I mean, yeah, of course, uh, he took me to the best times of running. I mean, I PR this year, but back then. Yeah, I PR in every single distance and but yeah, the training was hard. Boulder, oh yeah, it was hard, very hard. Uh, always on the line, you know. Um always tired, but yeah, it was good. I learned so much from like so many like different things with training and why we're doing certain things and how they work and so it was really good for also my own knowledge to kind of lead people that I'm coaching that I also do part time. That's that's great, and I mean, how exciting was that to to hear from on that they wanted you to be a part of their? I mean, this was a brand new team. Yeah, so um, this one guy called me. Uh, Steve called me in May, and he's like, "Would you join a team? We don't know who the coach is gonna be, <laughs> and we don't know who's gonna be in that team except Joe Klecker. Do you want to be part of that?" I'm like, "Part of what?" <laughs> but yes, I want something new. I want something new. And Boulder, you know, it seemed like a great place to be. Like right. bougie and like people <laughs> love training. And I was like, this might be good. I'm, I'm excited because when people live there, they love it, you know. But yeah, so that's what, what happened. That's what was the next two years of my life. Boulder training on Athletics Club. Yeah. That's that's amazing. And you You've talked about, you know, you some of this stuff on your Instagram and everything and how, um, you know, that didn't quite work out. So you, you came back to Albuquerque and that and and how um, understanding on has been through that, you know. Still. Yeah, yeah. So my contract was independent of the group because oh, okay. I was signed before I joined the group. And then I was really trying to stay in that environment for a very long time. And then eventually I got into it. It really got to me psychologically that I wasn't doing well. I was, I had many anxiety attacks, many panic attacks. I was really anxious. I was really insecure. I was really not myself. I was quiet. I was just kind of scared. So I was just like, I need to take care of myself. And I think this is not the place. Uh, and I didn't have that support like Coach Dayton had 
supported me and he was really good and he's amazing and I wanted him to coach me but he said he can't do that remotely uh, because he can do a good job of being a remote coach and if he's going to be listed as my coach he wants to be a good coach so then that's how I ended up uh, living yeah I just needed to take care of my own mental health because yeah I was just not happy I was just constantly anxious and upset and crying and when that took on my running and I had also some life endeavors, like I was cheated on when I was at the Olympics. And then I had not, I didn't have that support system and I needed that at the moment. So then all these different um, factors kind of played in, in place. And just in Boulder, like I didn't also have a community that I felt part of. And I, in Albuquerque, that I already built the community here that I had and I had friends that I knew she told me I could live with her because she had a two bedroom apartment. And, uh, and then I just reached out to some running groups, uh, some running clubs or associations to help them coach or get involved. And that's how I uh, reached out to, to Ben Fletcher, Jack Rabbit race management. So that's how it started. Uh, so I was like, I'm going to train in your place, same altitude, better weather. It's cheaper. And then I already have that little project side that I want to get started. Because in Boulder, I didn't do much. So that's why also it, it wasn't good. It was just training. And I lived very high up in the mountains and just driving a lot. Uh, and here it was just like, it was easy. It was a, such an easy transition. I packed everything in my car. My Mazda 3, very small car. I packed everything in our car and just <laughs> drove to Albuquerque. I packed in a day and I left. Wow. Wow. And I... You know, I, I've never really spent much time in Boulder. Again, everybody kind of talks about it, but I do. I mean, you can go down to the Bosque here and you can have flat and and pretty steady, you know, road style conditions on the bike path. You can go up to the foothills and go up and down. Like, it just has so much to offer as well. And like you, you, you hit on like, I mean, we're still in October and it's, it was 80 degrees or we're almost in October and it was 80 degrees today. So <laughs> I know. Yeah. I mean, the weather, seriously, it's probably one of the best places up high on altitude with such a convenient weather and also like the support of the Duke's truck club and the UNM and like the trail system. Yeah, it's great. And there's so much more to uh, explore. Like actually on long runs, I start going to Socorro just down like 40 minutes down the road. Yeah. Which like in Boulder we would have drive like up to Rollinsville or higher mountains even longer <laughs> than that. But it's just amazing. It's like I'm like, that's New Mexico. And yeah, there's just so much. I wanna even explore more trails up north uh from Albuquerque. I haven't even run ever in Santa Fe, so yeah, there's just just so much, yeah. Oh yeah, and there's yeah, Santa Fe has so many different spots you can hit up and get a little bit more altitude too like yeah there's and it's like you said i mean 45 minutes and and you're there and you know some of those bigger cities 45 minutes doesn't get you very far <laughs> just right yeah th yeah that's right just to get out of town it takes you to get that yeah you talked about getting involved with uh with ben fletcher and and jack rabbit and everything and um how you know what what is your role i guess for for that yeah that's a good question that's exactly what ben asked me what, <laughs> what do you want to do i was like okay i already feel important here <laughs> so we started with he said like i need to see if i like it so 
I needed to produce my own event. So I came up with an idea for like an Easter rabbit run and just produce it from the very beginning till the very end. Um, I learned a lot and I saw how the process worked and I loved it. I loved every single minute of it. All these emails I sent asking for money, for sponsors, for vendors. It was just, I liked it. Like just <laughs> connecting with people and inviting and designing all these little flyers and invitations and posters. So um, that starts with that. I started to uh, learn how to produce an event. And right now I'm actually even director of the Albuquerque Turkey Trot. So we together with Ben producing that one. And honestly, I've been we've been working on it probably since April and it's been a lot of work and I have this thick book right here, how to produce and like all those <laughs> little things you have to think about because there's so many components, like so many that like, you can't just forget about like ambulance at the finish line, right? You can't forget about the bathrooms. You can't forget about anything. And so, yeah, there's a lot of lists, lots of paper, lo- uh, lots of like and little things. And I really love it. And I'm like super motivated because working with Ben is just like super cool because he makes me feel important and part of it. Not like different jobs I had. I was just like, get, get it done, you know? And here it's like, I have so much to say and so much to, 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 to help out and designing the logo and now getting vendors and just kind of, I'm going to all these meetings, meeting people potentially to, to, to get sponsorships or vendors or, um booking like ordering medals and all that stuff and i think this is like a career that i want to pursue later on in my life events production because i'm really organized and i'm really like outgoing and i think this combinations of two helps me uh, be like good at this and uh yeah me and ben we kind of uh are a little bit different we have different um i would say responsibilities in this he's more like the timing the website all these like important agreements, event like the contracts and such, and I'm just like the more like the surface level, like the social media and the ads and the posting, marketing, emails and all this stuff. So yeah, this became my part time job at the moment. Uh, I just do that in free time. I mean, I always think about it, like day and night, and in the, in the middle of the night I wake up and I think about Albuquerque Turkey Trap. Like <laughs> this is how it became important to me, and it's really like really giving me a lot of happiness and I talk about it to everybody and I carry those little invites everywhere. So whoever I get to meet like a coffee place, bartender or anybody, I just give them the little invite. Uh, I hope it goes well. I mean, because I'm putting my heart in it, but that's how I kind of got into the events production, events management. I don't do so much timing, um, but I help to set up the, the, the tents and the computers and just kind of help people see the results. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that became my hobby job. It's so far like quite a bit of hobby. Yeah. Hopefully I get paid one day. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will definitely put a link to, uh, the Turkey trout registration in, um, the notes for this and everything. Uh, I know you guys have been promoting it like crazy too. Like, I, you know, like you've said, but you know, I'll, I'll add that on here. So people have an easy way to to sign up in case they're like, Oh, I didn't, I want to do that. And that's yeah, going to be, it's going to be fun. Like, yeah, I got Taos, Taos bakes to give us free granola bars and red Bulls oh, I love them. and we're just going to have like wheel of prizes and best costume award and some face painting. And it's just going to be dope. You, you have to come up. Everybody else has to. 
And and is this going to be at the same place as last year as at the Balloon Fiesta Park? Yes, that's right. Awesome. Well, that's a. I mean, I ran that last year, and that was a that was a fun course. So nice, nice. Yeah. Now we have prize money for top three, so you should come up. <laughs> Depends on who else is there. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See if we I can get it. it. Yeah. No, no cross yet. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's really cool. So I mean, it, it's it's fun. Like. like you, you talk about these other passions you had and, and trying to not, not stay focused on your whole identity being a runner. And it's fun to hear you talk about this because I, I hear that passion. I hear you, you, you're, you, the way you're talking about it, you're so excited. And that's, it, it's, it's cool to hear, hear when people get excited about this. Like it, it just, I think it just brings, you know, it makes other people excited. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, I was there before I just did running and honestly it was the worst time of my life i got depressed i had mononucleosis and i was like getting sick so much and just like i got started getting stressed out about workouts and i wasn't having fun i was just more anxious and then when you just kind of have a distance to it it's like i'm gonna give my best and like many times i'm like it's just like kind of mental like i'm like okay this is gonna hurt and you're going to get it done. And this is just part of it. And there's not much more to it, you know? Just get it done. It's going to hurt. Get it done. And then you're happy after because you got it done. And, like, sometimes I have bad workouts, but, like, I gave my best that day. I'm like, I, what else can I do? Like, I can't do – I can't give more than my, my best. Like, it's simple, you know? And obviously sometimes things don't go well and you kind of think about, like, what happened. But then I leave it to my coach. And most of the time, like so far, this last few months have been really, really good with coaching and running and training. And before that, I had a different coach and it was just not clicking. And I knew it's not clicking, but I still wanted to give him a chance to kind of help me. And you just know your body. I am 27, 28 almost. I've been training for 14 years, 13, 14 years. I know what works and I know what doesn't work. And you have to push through things like that's there's no secret to it to, to be a runner you have to run and but overthinking it, it, it it's not gonna do anything like sometimes my sister is like oh, i don't want to go for a run i don't know where i don't know if I, i'm like <laughs> don't think about it just just get it done just just leave and then, then don't think about it it's just normal part of it's like part of my day daily routine like i go for a run and and yeah overthinking is uh hasn't been good to me because i've done that been there i've done it and it wasn't good. So now I'm trying to like have fun. Obviously, some crazy workouts they they get me nervous and they get me stressed out. But I'm like, I have these workouts because I can do them, or I really really have to like focus, reset, and get, try it again and try it again. You know, and yeah, it, it's been it's been good. And I also have like a I'm working with Ben, and he's like helping me coach because I was like, I I think I'm gonna coach myself because all these coaches like just they just don't don't hear me. They don't listen to me. So we're kind of like, um, it's like a work together kind of thing. Um, it's like, I'm like, he's like last week. It's like, do you, are you ready to start doing workouts? I'm like, no, no way. So <laughs> I was like, not ready at all. And this week I was ready this week. So this week I did a fart leg on Tuesday. So, yeah. Well, nice. I want to circle back to, um, to kind of self coaching and Ben coaching here in a second, but I, I think it's important that you talk about, you know, try not to put that pressure on yourself because I think that's something that's so universal in running from like all age groups and, and all abilities. 
you know, whether you're, you're a back of the pack or in the front and, and, you know, running championship races, like it can be so easy to just put that pressure and put that like, Oh, that this workout didn't go well, or I have this coming up and, and being so worried about it. And I, I think, like you said, finding those ways to kind of let go of that is such, such an important thing for, for any runner to, um, to be able to do. Yeah. I mean, that's right. Like if you have a bad workout, well, it happened, you can't undo it. Then you have another chance, like the next few days, right? There's another workout always coming up. Uh, but yeah, I think like when you say thing about workout went bad, it's like all comparable, relative, right? You're like, it went bad compared to my teammate. Like, uh, so then you get to compare yourself, and that's that's not a win game. It's always a lose game because what's the point of comparing? Like, I have been in camps where there were girls that were like five to eight years younger than me, and they were crushing it, and they were like, I couldn't keep up with them. And then at the at the race, I don't even see them because they're so back. You know, everybody's different, and you have to just kind of do your thing that day. And your best is your best, not somebody else's best. And sometimes when I share what I do in my workouts, people are like, "There's no way you're running 9:25." Like, uh, and then other times uh, up on altitude, it's different too. You know, so they kind of don't know exactly if I do like K repeats. I remember like I was barely holding 327 at the beginning of the last semester and I'm like this is bad but then I just sucked it up and I continued to work and push and then towards the end of that season I was doing up on altitude like 317 down to 311 and I was huge difference right but then if I say that to somebody that is on my level in the steeplechase they were like what I could do 3k repeats at that pace you know and they were like yeah, they don't know what sea level, what altitude training is, and it's it's just a little bit different. Right. Well, and then just even you talking earlier, just the difference between you and your sister, and and the different style of runners you are, and you know, you you guys are sisters. Like you would almost think exactly. Oh, no. Yeah. She and we run literally the same time. I run nine twenty five low, and she runs nine twenty five high. And I mean, she's a little better in all the different distances by like half of a second in the <laughs> 1500 a mile and the, I think 3k have better but 5k also she has better so yeah I, I mean I, and we train nothing close like my long runs are 14 miles 12 to 14 hers are 9 to 10 and like uh yeah I do tempos so like often like once a week and they barely had tempos you know and but she does 200 and she closes in 27. I can never do that. Like I can <laughs> never break 30, you know? And yeah, so it's just kind of seeing what works and going along with it and believing in it. And I mean, what else can you do? You just have to do what works for you and not overthink it. Like trusting your coach too, it's part of it. It's it's huge. Um, and sometimes, yeah, there comes prestige with it. Like, oh, this coach had this runner must be good and probably he is that good you know uh sometimes they're lucky the coaches or athletes are lucky but if it's repetitive then i think it's a it's a good sign right absolutely and it's um like you know everybody's gonna take you know everybody has a different style so different coaching styles are gonna affect that as well for sure and yeah and there's so many there's so many people and I've been in different countries and I've seen a lot and everybody trains so much different, like European way versus American way. It's huge. The difference, it's actually really, 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 really big. 
And probably in Africa, there's, it's also big because I always ask people, what did they do? And they kind of look at me, why am I asking? And I was just talking to this girl that runs 9-11 steeple and she does like 10K at 7 a.m. And then she does tempo run at 10 a.m. I'm like, what? That doesn't wow. make sense. But that's what she does. And she told me like some other steeple chaser that Beatrice Chipkovic is doing K repeats at 240 on altitude. And I'm like, I don't believe you. Like, that's impossible. I don't think a man can do that. And she's telling me she's doing that. So it's like, can I know? Always have to take it for granted. People like to sound cool and like to sound like they're, they're crushing it and they're so good at everything. Right. But you kind of have to, yeah, filter things up. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so you, so you're, so you're working with Ben as your coach, but you're kind of self-coaching as well. Yeah. So it's like, I was like, I told him like, I don't want to be with that coach anymore because I run really poorly and I saw like, I saw that I'm not doing the stuff that I'm supposed to. And I was communicating, like that's the key, right? Communicating. I say, hey coach, I think I need this or I think I need longer. I think I need something longer than 600. Like I, my race is 3K. And then he like kind of wasn't responding to my inquiry, my like, my, um, I don't know, my asks. And then I told Ben like, I think I'm going to coach myself. He's like, oh, I'll help you. And then he kind of helped me and now he's kind of leading me. So, and it's mostly like, I kind of continue what I was doing with like, he gives me the workouts, you know? So everything else is the same kind of thing. The long runs are still long and hard. And then there's one day that is like short, 30 to 35 minutes. And then the other three days are doubles. And then the other two days workouts, which he gives me. So it's kind of like going the system that I had with Dathan Ritzenine because it worked. Uh, and now just kind of doing the workouts and uh, yeah, communicating with that's the, that's the key, you know, communicating. Like I had taken like two weeks off and I came back on altitude and then it's like, do you want to do work? I'm like, no, cause I'm still dizzy running up here. It's still altitude. Like it affects me really, really crazy. And he lives here. He was born in Santa Fe now. So it's easier. And also for people right. that are here every day, it's actually different. But when you come up, you still have to reset and think, okay, this is altitude. So I was dizzy for like three days, but then, uh, but then, yeah, I got the workout on Tuesday done. It was really hard, but I got it done. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, for the, for anybody who doesn't know Ben, I did ha I did have him on the podcast previously, so I'll I'll link that in here too. Um, but you're right, like that communication between a you know a coach is is so important, and you know I, you do some coaching as well, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, it's like through final search, it's through app and communicating constantly through WhatsApp. And I'm not like overwhelming, but like I catch up on weekly. And if something happens, I see something is not linking on the, uh, I'm like, hey, how is it going? You know, I don't say what happened. Why did you run so much slower or so much less or so much more? I was like, how's it going? And then if they want to share, they share. So kind of both goes both ways, I think. And, uh, yeah. And then some athletes just like are overwhelming. They tell me every single <laughs> detail of their life and other people barely say anything. So it's kind of like balancing who needs what. And uh, so, so it's been, it's been fun for sure. Like, and then I have some athletes that have really high goals and some other athletes that are just trying to get through marathon, you know? So. Well, I think in the, you know, having that experience as being a coach, while you're looking for a coach and knowing what you expect is, I think that can be important because you, you're already seeing kind of what you do and what, you know, is working for you. So I'm, I'm sure that kind of helped you in being able to be like, well, no, I think 
I think this is what's going to work, but having that other voice with Ben um, to bounce ideas off and to give you, you know, some other ideas is, is pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We, we really do have similar kind of ideas for training and values. And he added those hills at the end, which gave me such a confidence. And when I stood on the start line at European Championships in Munich, just uh, two months ago, um, one and a half ago, I was like smiling. I was just literally enjoying being on the starlight because I look around and I saw all these girls were scared. They were so scared. And I was just like, I know I'm fit. I know I'll do my best. And that'll be good. That'll be a good day. And, you know, there's things that you can never control. Somebody pushes you over. But I already prepared for that uh, beforehand, like just kind of going through different scenarios. But I was just happy to be there. And I'm like, I don't remember when I felt like that, you know? I seriously don't remember because I was always so scared and just kind of really, really nervous and kind of anxious. And then the gun goes off, you just do your thing. But getting to the to start line was the hardest part. And this time I was just like dancing and in the call room, <laughs> they were like explaining us the details of how we're going to be presented when we enter the stadium. And I'm like, can we do like a dance move when we get there? <laughs> And everybody looks at me like I'm so distracted. And I'm like, no, like this is my way of dealing with, with stress. Maybe somehow kind of breaking that pressure because everybody was like so, so focused. I'm like, just chill, girls. This is should be fun, right? Everybody says it should be fun. Let's make it fun. And then, I mean, yeah, it was fun because I did well. And if I didn't do well, I don't know if it would be that fun. But I still try to enjoy the process. <laughs> do you think that you were able to kind of let a little bit go because of you know, kind of your buildup leading into that, like you said, you, you, you had the coaching stuff. Um, I, you got COVID earlier in the, or I think at the beginning of summer, um, you didn't get picked for, for, uh, worlds. Like, so do you think that was kind of like a, okay, I made it. I, I got back after everything else. And that kind of helped you almost relax a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah, that year for sure leading was kind of rough, but then I came back to Albuquerque for 10 weeks and I really, really focused here. I did it. I did it right. And when I went home, I did a time trial of for, at 1500 meters and that gave me huge confidence booster because I'm like, I'm fit. I run 416 by myself. Like my sister led a little bit, but I ran 416 and I like didn't hit the wall and I'm like, okay, I think I'm fit. And then I had one goal, like make the final. And in the final, I'm like, anything can happen because I knew the stories of the girls that were along. They also all had COVID. They also were injured. Most of them were burned out. The best ones tried to peak at the world championships and right. others were just trying to hold the season, you know? So I was like, this is this is my day because I just starting the season, you know? And I wasn't like burned out like everybody else was. So just kind of like I knew the competition is not at their best day, which played well for me. But yeah, just also kind of pushing back on the Polish Association. I really wanted to do well to shop them. What big mistake they did, but not taking me. Besides, despite being qualified and having all the criteria they asked for, I literally flew back to Poland, paid $1,000 for flight just to race Polish championships because that was one of the criteria to be top three. And I get it done and then it just came back straight up and that wasn't enough for them. It's just, it's just very disappointing, not for me, but for many people. And, um, but then doing so well, Europeans just show them, uh, kind of like, okay, let's not count her out. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I mean, you, 
you showed him. <laughs> Hopefully, I mean, you were you were fourth, and I think uh, I think you had posted that it was the fastest final ever at European uh, Championship. That's right. Yeah, the girl around nine eleven, the winner nine eleven, and I believe nine twenty four was like a medals. Like I think I was winning medal two thousand eighteen, the last European Championships. But you know, each race is different, and right. this one, everybody got out hot. Like three, I think I hit three or three for K. And I'm like, there's no way the players can hold that. So I kind of just like stay calm and watch and just kind of start picking up people because they were in the steeple. That's the tricky thing. If you die, you can't do this. Like, you know, in the 5K, if you kind of die, you can still kind of keep, keep rolling. In the steeple, you have to jump and right. the momentum counts and you lose the momentum five times per lap. And then you soak in the water and it's just heavier and you're... It's just kind of like a dominoes downhill, you know. Um, so I knew the girls can just hold that pace. Uh, so I stayed calm. I mean, I, I was so excited to race more after that because I was like, I'm fit. I want to take advantage of it. And I want to do the Polish record. It's like, it's been on my mind for so long. And then I didn't get into Diamond Lake because you kind of have to have connections and agent. And I didn't have any agent. And then I was just kind of starting to get disappointed. And I was like, okay, I'm going to call the season. But then uh, one guy from Germany, like, really, really begged me to come to run 2K for him uh, at the, his race because he needed some certain uh, level of athletes to qualify for certain uh, level meet. So I went, uh, after four days of no running, I went there, <laughs> competed, I'd run my best. But, yeah, it was definitely not the same fitness I had in Munich. Uh, and then I came back to Albuquerque, and now I'm back at a training. This week is still kind of slow and easy. But then I think starting next week, I'll be hitting it hard again. One thing I saw recently, because you said you you took off, you were on vacation for a while and and that. And so you did like two weeks of no running, right? Yeah, it was like no running. I think maybe three times I went for like 30 minute run to pick up some mushrooms in the woods. Yeah. I think that's that's great. It's just, it's... You know, it's so often that it's just that constant of like, oh yeah, this is what I did this week, and this is the workout, and this and that. And I know, I know, everybody takes their breaks, but I think it's just so important to to talk about like having that that time off to refresh your body, to refresh your mind, and and just you know be ready to reset and yeah. go back after and, it. Yeah, you're right. You're right, definitely. And sometimes, like everybody is different times. Sometimes people are so burnt out, and they need longer than two weeks. Sometimes. If I would be like perfect, I probably would take one week off and then the second week like slow running. But my sister, I think she literally took like three months of like first month no running, second like some running, and third was like kind of scattered running still. And just now she's getting back to it and it took her way longer because she had such a rougher time. And you can't just like, if you're not ready, you just can't come back. And right. the beginnings are always hard, and, but you know it. Like this sport is it's not easy that's why not everybody's doing it and right. it's so special and just because it's not easy makes us i think tougher and uh, and special and teaches us certain values so um definitely it, it's, it's a good thing to to have when you're growing up absolutely i think you know it's it's that's why i like to ask you know how people got into running because it tells so much about you know, whether they came from another sport or whether they started running or came late, like how, how, how they grow into it and, and kind of the discipline it takes to, to really commit to it at, at any level. 
You know, it's it's such a hard sport at any level to be able to go out there either every day or, you know, even every other day. It's hard. That's right. And you can't cheat on running. Like if you're not, nobody's going to run for you. Like in a team game, somebody might score for you or somebody might, might fix the mistake you've made or whatever. And you win. In running, nobody can do that for you. Nobody. It's just you and and the steps, you know, you have to take. Right. That's, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's always, it's always on what you're doing, you know, obviously the coach is there and the coach helps and, and, and that, but you're, you're kind of responsible for your, for your things. It's, uh, I don't know. It's an amazing and terrifying thing all at the same time. Yeah, that's right. You, 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 you'll know best too. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, uh, you know, what, what are your goals for next year? I guess you're, you know, you had this time off, you're starting to, to get back into it. Do you have any goals going forward into this next season? Yes. Uh, I haven't fully like wrote them down yet. I have my like running log I created that I put them down and I kind of do that every, at the end of the year. But for now I just kind of put like things I want to change and I want to get done. So like, I want to do swim once a week and I want to do like more prehab exercises and core kind of to strengthen those little things that do play a role at the finish uh, in races. But the goal for the next year, obviously, will be to like compete at the world championships and make the final. So um, that's top 15 in the world. It should be, it's going to be hard. It's always really hard. World championships are most of the time faster than the Olympics. Um, and it's harder to make. They just gave new standards, and I believe it's nine twenty two, which <laughs> it's insane unless That's you have rankings. So just gonna my goal be to run the standard, and that means I'm gonna be the second fastest steeple chaser in Polish history. So I'm so close to number one, which is nine seventeen. So I want to run that Polish record that I've been dreaming and talking and thinking about it for three years now because I know it's in my. Uh, scope of duty i just have to do it faster than my sister is gonna do it because <laughs> she also can do it she just needs to she, yeah so i want to do it first that's the that's the plan and then i've never won polish championships i always get beaten by the end because it's always super tactical slow race so that'll be another thing and i'm also doing indoor this year and indoor is one of my favorites so i'm gonna really really try to to, to run well and we have european championships indoors uh, so 3k um, I don't know the standards yet the Polish association is putting them up in two weeks uh, so yeah making European championships indoors and you know indoor is such a small race and anything can happen there uh, and then making world championships and hopefully winning the Polish champs for once <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, PRs that's... always PRs you know always want to run PRs like who doesn't want them right <laughs> Yeah, if I reach my goals I should be running my PRs and I'm really excited for this year of training because I'm like, I think I'm in a good spot with like, I know what I need to do and I'm in a good location and I'm finally free of the stressors and on running, sign me for two more years. So I, I should be fine. Well, that's awesome. Congratulations. I didn't know that. Thank you, Seth. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that is amazing. And it's, it's fun to hear you kind of talk a little bit about that, that rivalry with your sister and, and <laughs> That you know she can get it too, but you're gonna you're gonna go after it hopefully before she gets it. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Because I'm older, you know. It should be it should be a matter of time here. 
Right. I tell her, don't do it yet. Just do it after me, you know? Because <laughs> I, I want to get it done yeah, for, for just like a minute. <laughs> as long as you have it for a while, you're fine if she gets it after. <laughs> That's right. Um, that would be great, yeah, and to bring it down low. But yeah, I mean, I think like 9-11, it's like a sweet dream of mine to run steeple. It's really fast, but it's also like, if you just do the math per case, not that much faster, you know? And like the barriers are not a big deal for me. And I think running 3K 9-11, it shouldn't be a big deal anymore. And just kind of getting that water jumps, uh, that strength to get them done, it's doable. So maybe one day, the best day of my life and the best training, I will run around that, uh, which, yeah. I mean, after the Olympics, I'm like, I've done everything I wanted. <laughs> I'm an Olympian, you know, uh, I got 20th, which... I want to be in the first half. And then I was like, what else can I want? What else do I want? You know? <laughs> and then you kind of like go home and you're like, I want more. I want, I want something more. And then I was like, yeah, I want to be top five at the Europeans. And then I was, and I, you know, I want more. And then, yeah, I'm getting older. So I need to get that done quicker. quicker. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is, that is fantastic. And I think that's a great place to wrap up. You know, I'm definitely going to be rooting for you, obviously. And, you know, if, again, I'm going to put in the show notes, anybody who's in Albuquerque for Thanksgiving, go check out the, the turkey trot. It'll be an amazing race, an amazing event. Yeah, and if, uh, if somebody wants to be the turkey, we provide a costume. Oh, there we go. <laughs> We're looking for mascot. We're looking for mascot. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and, uh, yeah, I... I, I the only thing I have left is the last question I ask everybody, and that's just, what are you listening to, to to get you going, to get you up, get you out for those long runs or, or ready for, uh, you know, one of those tempo runs? Yeah, so after Dave and Rittenheim, I kind of like he told us not to listen to music because it makes us tougher. So uh, when I have a long workout, sometimes I'll just run with some music, it will be like a uh, tropical house which is like just kind of like a good vibe not much thinking not much words right and like just radio music in the car to get to the run and pop up and i always have a speaker on the track that plays um i would say techno house or so uh, like a techno <laughs> house mix something like hard uh not like you know metal or anything like that but like a good vibe kind of music um uh, so that's what i listen to before workouts awesome that sounds great. Well, thank you again for, for joining me. Is there anything else you'd like to add before I let you go today? Just hello to all the listeners. <laughs> I'd once again like to thank my guest for their time and thank you for tuning in. If you have the opportunity please rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts or just help spread the word. Music was provided by Philip Friedman. You can follow him on SoundCloud at DJ Teach. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at RunningNM. Feel free to drop me a line or shoot me an email at runningnewmexico at gmail.com if you have any questions or know of someone who should be interviewed. In the meantime... Keep running, New Mexico.